A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hanfler and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a million quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to Raw tonight, the penultimate Raw before WrestleMania, with a rather big return on it tonight. Yeah, um, I described SmackDown over the last month or so, it was basically being one extended kickoff to WrestleMania. <laughs> the match both the match content in terms of quality and quantity has gotten an awful lot lighter as that show has relied on angles. In most cases, really well-received storyline developments and the like to just get to WrestleMania, and people are mostly content with it. It's two hours on a Friday night and you're getting most of the big stars. Raw just can't do that, and Christ, I wish it could, because every now and then, aye, there's a match that you're genuinely excited about. But is there? shock of all shocks... Like three hours is too long, so you're still mm-hmm. tired by the end. There's, I think most Raws lately because most of the stories I think are going into WrestleMania are pretty good. They've had something like a pretty strong takeaway, but then you look at this card and there's loads of stuff on it, and some of it still seems superfluous. And what was it, the penultimate Raw before WrestleMania? Yeah, it's just weird. It's just symptom of too much wrestling, isn't it? Six oh five AW. CW <laughs> got to do with Raw being crap, mate. I'm pissed off with the people that think the extra hours a good thing. That's that's what I'm, we were talking yeah, about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know we you, over the desk. Yeah, but you're hard on for this. I do, yeah, because like this is going to be the exact problem with this raw. Like the things that are going to be exciting and of themselves are not going to make for a complete exciting show or an exciting experience. Mm. And I think we're getting that with SmackDown. I'm really enjoying the two-hour experience of SmackDown, whereas I'm finding these raws, you know, including troughs. You know, included in those two hours is more things other than the bloodline. And you're enjoying all of it. Enjoying trade, sh- pull, threat, Mysterio, drama, showcase, forward tag. <laughs> no, apart from that. Other than that, the power's back. Like, Smackdown with a Mysterio crack. Tell you what, I'm going to be bored shitless during the next 20 minutes. And between the hours of uh, 5 and 7 or something, whatever it is, Keep tomorrow listening. morning. I, uh Got a bit emotional watching Kevin and Sammy. Yes. I said, right, and I might not get the chance to say this, depending on who's on the show and who isn't. I had a big problem with a segment on Raw either last week or the week before where I was like, Kevin Owens, what's your problem? 
You're lacking credibility as a character for me because you've been worse to Sammy than Sammy ever was to you. It just so happens that what Sammy did to you was more recent than all the worst things you've done to Sammy, but have some perspective and realize, you know what? Am I the asshole in this Reddit trend? Mm -hmm. Yes, you're the asshole. Be a baby face and kind of own up to that and stop dicking around because you should make friends with them. What a twist. Why don't you want to be my friend? Why does it have to be all business? Like, I want to go to war with someone who's my friend. Mm. Why can't we be friends? Oh, they do want to be friends. And they had a cuddle, <laughs> and it was like crying like a little uh, like a little kid. <laughs> no, that's, you were playing kid games. I was playing kid games. <laughs> you see that episode of Sunny? It's always Sunny in Philadelphia, where Dennis runs into his high school crush, hurriedly marries her, and then realizes, uh, she's the worst. And yeah. Divorce! <laughs> yeah. Before he realizes that uh, Maureen Ponderosa is actually the worst, he has this conversation with Mac, and he's like, you know, I'm having feelings again, like I'm a little kid. Uh, remember feelings? <laughs> and Mac goes, yeah, remember feelings. I have feelings every single day. You're telling me you don't have feelings? <laughs> I said, I'm having feelings again. <laughs> that was me watching <laughs> yeah. Kevin and Sammy. I'm telling you now, I can watch the show. I can watch the WWE show. I've been doing it professionally for seven years. I've been watching it in my recreational time for considerably longer than that. I've reached a point where the amount of just dead-end storylines and terrible characterization and awful dialogue and just the worst commentary, the most insulting commentary <laughs> you've ever heard in your entire life. I watch it like this. <laughs> right, just, it's just my face. Just watching it. Inside is a void. A hole. God hole where God used to be. Right? And I just can watch it and think, sometimes... On the rarest of occasions. That's great. That's absolutely great, that is. Planet's champion Daniel Bryan, the conclusion of Kofi Mania, various other things that have ruled. Brock Lesnar versus AJ. I watched the transition into the calf crusher on a Twitter MP4 and thought, that's great. I hate so much about it that I see the logo and I hear Michael Cole. I'm just instantly out. <laughs> just instantly out. And I watched Kevin and Sammy have a cuddle. And I was like, power's back. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved it. And it did resolve a big complaint yeah. of mine with this build in the most heartwarming, lovely fashion imaginable. I thought it was tremendous. And remember feelings, bro? I had feelings. I will not have any feelings about this. I love the fact. Time to get to WrestleMania for me. <laughs> I love the fact it cut to Cody just smiling backstage. Well, I made this point on the SmackDown review stage. I felt there was something to that beyond just how cute a shot that was. I've could have been like, I did it. Like Roman being like, oh, like we were Dusty's kids. And you were never Dusty's kids. Dusty's kid. And now Cody's gone and got some Dusty's kids of his own. And they're like Cody's kids. Yes. And it's just sort of worked out. It's like, I don't need to be Dusty's kids. I got kids of my own. It's a bit funny. It's we're, a bit funny, but it's like, let, we're getting, it's like, oh, I see what I need to go and get. I need to go and get a couple of Dusty's kids and make them my kids. And it's just getting away with this Cody insertion, I think. Mm. Rather it. than it being this absolutely incredible, organic feeling, this is how it should be feeling. They are stealing one, but it's fine. That's oh. my way of putting it. It doesn't necessarily belong together. It's a bit forced, 
but it's two rights making a right, if that makes any sense. Two good things that don't necessarily belong to one another that are still in and of themselves so mm. good that it just about works. Do you... They look like uh, it's children. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird, <laughs> but you, it doesn't not work. Do you consider this uh, a case of my old friend, your old enemy, good plotting or not? Because I argue that it is. I think it's excellent working backwards plotting. They had so many... There were so many ways in which that this could have gone horribly wrong. This Cody with Sammy, Cody with the both of them, attempting to push two baby faces, three baby faces at the same time. Like, your praise of that, do you include the fact that this has been worked out well? Like, do oh, you, I feel like they've foreseen this. and It's the best possible means of including Cody, yeah. but it's always going to be a little bit weird. Because the Cody working out at the gym, say on Raw, and just not bothered about the SmackDown business would have been... Very WWE, wouldn't yes. it? Yes. Like, you've got this tag like Almost scared to put them in the same orbit. It's not... It's and then at WrestleMania, they face each other. I noticed that you were fighting tag team champions, the Usos. Yes. And we noticed that you were fighting yeah. champion <laughs> Roman Reigns. And they are in the same state. It's stable. well plotted. It's yeah. just they look reduced next to Cody. By design. And it has to be that way. Mm. I need to see uh, Power Team USA Canada just once before WrestleMania. Like, the three of them. Yeah. Like on, I think it's going to be Imperium on the go-home SmackDown. Just the three of them on the same side of the ring. Yeah, the best friends. <laughs> win all the belts. Um, well, as part of that, of course, Roman Reigns returns to Raw. That was genuinely accidental uh, <laughs> on tonight's show to see if Cody Rhodes, in Paul Heyman's words, will acknowledge him. Uh, since probably not. Probably not. But I like that Roman has plenty to pour over since he was last on television. So we've had Sammy and Kevin have found their way back together which Roman theoretically should acknowledge because it impacts the bloodline. And I think a lot of people are going to be watching here, I would like to think, for Roman's response to Jey Uso or the little looks between the two of them. Because twice now, Jey Uso has said, yep, I'm bloodline, yep, I'm Uso's, it's family, it's family, it's family. And twice, he's kind of been like, apart from this dickhead who I absolutely hate him and stuck with. Like, he's kind of putting out front now that he's here for Jimmy and to a lesser extent solo, and yeah. that's pretty much it. So I'm really excited to watch how they play with the tension between Roman and Jey Uso, if it's there. I know it's just Roman on the graphic now, mm. but you'd like to think it's where he goes, the bloodline follow, and you carry on the momentum. They're just, the brand splits abandoned for this story at this point anyway. So I'd like to see a direct follow-up from SmackDown. I want to see Roman and Jey stuff. Roman and Cody is ready, but they've surprised me before with how they've developed stuff with Cody and Paul Heyman. I thought the handshake segment on SmackDown was way more effective when Cody followed up on Raw. So I'm going to like let this play out. It does feel like this would be the week where they would just be going over, rehashing the old lines because the program's ready. But they've surprised and impressed me constantly, so maybe there's yet another detail that's going to show itself. Do you think this opens the show or main events it? Uh, I don't know. Does it make a difference? I just don't know whether... I was just watching that there and thinking, do you have... They like opening with Roman. His numbers. <laughs> You've asked me a question. There, <laughs> <laughs> You've asked me a question, and I feel duty bound to answer it. Um, okay. Oh, oh, yeah, I can see that coming. Is that the song? <laughs> yeah. there? It's it's not bad, Jim. I've genuinely forgot well, what the well, theme well, is. Well, tell me more of the words, and I'll sing. I can't give you the money. We're going out tonight. <laughs> going out tonight. Oh, there's a lot in the box. It's a dog in a box. Get my hammer quick. 
Oh God, my dad's coming. Smash damn down. <laughs> Open show. Um, what I think will happen will be some kind of WrestleMania chat, obviously. I think that they will... Maybe they'll trust the audience. And by that, I mean maybe the incredibly obvious looks to one another that aren't necessarily scripted exposition, but aren't also glaringly obvious. They'll do more... Uh, if you pay real attention to that three-minute close-up shot where it's unmistakable, you'll see a little bit of conflict on Jay Uso's face <laughs> yeah. where people think it's high art. They'll do more of that. Yeah. Because the idea is going to be at WrestleMania to a degree protect Cody, uh, to protect Roman, and to build a big Roman J match down the line, I think J is going to come out when the ref is bumped and then echo of 2019, just go, nah, and then just walk straight back out. But in order to build that and make people, f- like make to make that credible, mm-hmm. he has to do more of his acting tonight. Yeah. Um, I'm not against. I saw it. It's just reminded me, by the way. I saw, um, yeah, like I'm with you on this elite stuff. This latest coming together, but there was like it got some blowback. Did you see that online? There was some corners like, oh bloody hell, these again. Like, and I'm. I, I thought, saw it. I thought it was tremendous, but I did see it referred to as really good. Like there was the the still frame. I cannot remember who tweeted this. I'm sorry, somebody that listens to this podcast. It was like the the last closing shot of dynamite, and it was like, oh Christ, get ready for a summer of art house bloodline. <laughs> I thought that was kind of superb. Like the, uh, you know, the bl- the, <laughs> the correct way around yeah, I know. is that it's, the bloodline is a straight-to-video <laughs> elite melodrama. Yeah. Uh, we've got an intriguing, <laughs> so funny. intriguing sneak peek into the future, potentially, of, of uh, one of the best people on the, the Raw roster right now. Montez Ford. Obviously, we had the Angelo Dawkins-Austin Theory match last week. Contrived uh, dollars. And, uh, yeah, Montez Ford takes on Austin Theory tonight. Austin Theory just, well, less than two weeks away, of course, from facing John Cena for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. So I sense he's probably not going to lose here. But, yeah, exciting to see Montez Ford in singles action. Just get the split over with and push them on respective brands. Maybe a feud if you want. Look, I, it is a bit contrived how everyone that Dawkins has a match with, then Ford has a match with them to further the storyline. And it's especially pronounced in every match, every match made on North American episodic TV is contrived in some way. It's not a random generated fixture. It's not a set of f- fixtures announced in advance like the Premier League or the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you kind of have to contrive these things. But when there's no title implications or anything else. It just feels like every match is not a match, but a means to an end. The end is a storyline. The matches are immaterial to what's going on, which makes me invest less in the matches in and of themselves because they are only ever a vehicle with which to accomplish something. The action should be more than passable. (laughs) Oh, that was the end of the sentence. I was... was Trying to think of something else to say. Do I care about Austin Theory? I feel like there's a narrative opportunity that will be missed because it's Austin Theory. They're telling a not bad losing streak story with the Street Profits mm-hmm. and Montez Ford specifically. He was um, 
like overexcited with the potential and the opportunity at Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. obviously to try and win Austin Theory's title, and he lost. And he played up to that. If you remember in the match, it was like constant suck it stuff and people's <laughs> elbow teases, and he was just buzzing to be in this singles match where he was like, I'm going to win it all, I'm going to be the best. And it was like, it's kind of an in-character you over-egged it this time, but maybe next time you'll get it right. But then the Street Profits have continued to lose, and they're so charismatic and brilliant in the ring that it's been a rare case of an effective losing streak gimmick because people haven't lost faith in them. They, yeah. It's as if fans can maybe see this split and want to support the story through than it is thinking, oh, these are just losers now, because typically that would be when you'd just stop backing yeah, 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 yeah. It's not really happened. I agree with that. It's not really happened. And Austin Theory winning here could really play into his match with John Cena because he could really clip Montez Ford's wings and just be like, I'm the complete professional wrestler. Like, you're out of your depth now, Cena. And, like, you think you were a great US champion in 2015 or you were a legendary figure. The US title's got now to do with this. Nothing in it, is it? And it's just like, oh, it'd be great if there were, like, Austin Theories replaced John Cena in every single theoretical category that Cena wants fulfilled. I just don't think they're going to do that. I think it will be more of your rank-and-file raw mid-card match, and that's a shame because I think people want to buy into this Street Profits thing, and it'll go mm. along with it since, what, like, they lost the tag title rights to the Usos last summer, and it's pretty much been like a downward spiral ever since. Mm-hmm. The split, it's starting to show itself. It might just scan as a mid-card match instead, and it's a shame, because I think there's stuff there you can do with this one. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Um, after an attack on Trish Stratus last week, I sense that this week Becky, Lita, and Trish will be out for revenge ahead of their six-woman match with Damage Kataral at Mania in a couple of weeks. Terrible brawl incoming. I was just going to say a shortcut to a brawl. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley massively, massively overachieved 
typically giving them two a fighting chance by having them fight each other was mm-hmm. like a smart route to go with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. But what the, it was like, it's better to be lucky than good, but it was lucky and good that they gave them that idea. The brawl felt real because when they hit, they hit each other quite hard and it looks convincing. I love all of these, actually. And yet a brawl doesn't feel, in the same way a backstage attack didn't particularly feel like the way to go with this, nor too will a brawl. And yet that's all I could visualise was just them in the crowd. You've got what you had with Rhea and Charlotte, but in three different places. So this brawl's happening over here, this brawl's happening over here. The fact that the attack happened backstage last week will lead the commentators to suggest that this just cannot be contained and maybe they step it up or they allow you to expect that it's going to be weapons and a bit more bells and whistles at WrestleMania. shortcuts, this thing. It really does. It, like, it's just not hitting. It doesn't... No. It, like, it feels like it's reducing the prestige of the f- three big headliners. Uh, Bailey's dead in the water in this gimmick and it's not elevating Eo Sky and Dakota Kai. So who's it for? Mm. You know, this match doesn't feel like it's for anyone other than the wrestlers to have an obligatory place on the card. I've got no thoughts on this, man. It's so uninspiring. It's one of those Triple H specials where... I guess they're getting the heat in the right order, and then we'll get some kind of a brawl, and then they've taken somebody out backstage, and the heels are behaving as heels should, and baby faces are going to stand up for their fallen friend, and uh, who cares? No one cares about this bollocks. It's so flat. It's such tedious television. It's such tick box, does this make logical sense in a pro wrestling storyline book and that. There's no flair, there's no heat, there's no real feeling, animosity. There's like a bunch of people playing parts. Um, you know Not how, living them. You know how the wrestlers were forced to either tell their own stories in the matches or do it on Twitter when uh, Vince was in the chair. Mm. Unlike now, for example, when he's definitely not just back in the chair on Raw. Um, Bailey's doing it on Twitter. Have you seen any of this at all? No. She's tweeted in the last few days a thing she wrote at school, which was all about Lita and how she wanted to be, not just be a WWE wrestler, but be Lita, basically. Everything that Lita was was what she aspired to be as a teenager. Not telly. Yeah, she tweeted a picture of her and Trish. Should have put it on Dynamite, Hamlet? In a Should have put it on Dynamite. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying, right? This is where I'm going. In a hotel hallway from WrestleMania 35 after the Iconics were legal, where like Trish Stratus just sat down with her and Sasha and were like, Oh, this is terrible. Here's the sh- you've got to eat all that kind of stuff. And uh, Becky Lynch, sure about that, but okay. A picture of the two of them uh, after she went to the hospital with Becky Lynch after Nijax broke her face. And there's a picture of Becky all bruised up and Bailey's with her and that. And uh, I should have put it on dynamite because, like, yeah, she's trying to obviously make this matter probably as a professional in the knowledge that it doesn't, yeah, and nobody's really feeling anything. So Triple H should probably listen to his talent. Yes, and maybe give them something, give them a story that means something rather than, well, it's three of you and there's three of us. You can only infer the reverence that um, Bailey holds Lita and Trish in. Mm. You can only infer it Mm. um, as part of a really mechanical rote story beat. They should be deepening the heft and the emotion of this by putting that kind of material. It feels like a massive deal that it's going to be a massive deal to Bailey. None of this is on dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Riho and Emi Sakura oh, man. also matched full gear, and then we had to get told by someone in a thread on Twitter this storyline actually kicks ass, but they're not even telling I it. Like ten years of training and like how like she how how she Riho broke into like stuff. A and child and like, oh, yeah. where are the same complaints? 
Where are the WWE leaning critics, yeah. WWE leaning analysts who write for outlets? And they clearly prefer WWE to AW, and that's fine. But where's the same energy? Yeah, I'd, I think it's something you've said before as well about those dickheads. <laughs> know that there's not numbers in it. Like that's, there that's, is simply like you don't get a discourse from saying that uh, WWE is not really presenting Trish Stratus as a massive legend. No one's talking about it because there's no like niche sect numbers. Yeah, the what, same fifty thousand people talking about these things on Twitter. What was the one that you got got with Wilborn? There was one you came into work the other day. It was like, oh, he had me there, and I got really cross. Oh God, yeah. It was something. Oh, I can't. It was, can't. W, it was WWE, wasn't it? And it I was just a remember, like, how dare you? Like there. And I try not to get involved. Like I'm just twice in a day. I've promised to try and be above this, but it's I'm on Twitter. And I'm chronically addicted, and that's my fault. But God damn it! Why is why is no why is why is no one talking about how flat and rubbish this is? It's either way. It's been a damage control thing since the off, isn't it? There's been no. There's been Triple almost H no isn't conversation. Very good at, apart from Ray. He's not very good at Book of Legends. Like, Tony Khan, Sting versus Triple H, Trish Stratus. There's yeah. absolutely no comparison whatsoever. In terms of comparison with Tony Khan, they're both absolutely horrific at booking women. So that's, yeah, but that's they can the book case. Sting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, was, it was... Someone said WrestleMania looks mid. It was and I was the like, card, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> start. Um, I'm really sorry. I've really messed up, Sidge, because I've clearly copied my notes over from, from last week because I've just written down, can Bianca Belair and Asuka coexist? It's just that this week they're in tag action against Chelsea Green and Carmella rather than one of them facing one of the opposing team. Per wrestle votes. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a four-way tag between Raquel and Liv, yep. Natty and Shotzi. Mm -hmm. When did they become friends? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, it was rubbish. Smackdown. I must have uh, forgot it's to watch that one. <laughs> I must have forgot. <laughs> must have forgot that one, and I'm not professionally obligated to review <laughs> And uh, Carmella and Chelsea Green and Ronda and Shayna. Hmm. Maybe Carmella and Chelsea Green win this because uh, an eventual match with, or an imminent match with um, Bianca Blair and Asuka because, dot, 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 Asuka and Bianca returns out can't coexist. What? And Asuka wants to miss her so she can get the all-important momentum ahead of WrestleMania. I think so. I agree. She, like, you know, she's been... Triple H sucks. Why do you like it? Bet you don't have this energy in SmackDown when you do your little reviews. Well, SmackDown kicks ass, that's why. Yeah, SmackDown does kick ass. And Rawder sometimes. Like, we come I, in I, here and we all kick ass. Like, uh, you all kick ass, do you? Yeah, we all, no, and you as well. We all kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I love dragging down your energy. Um, the blue, remind me of Goo Law, Mist Law, because the blue one, which she's been drilling to spook her out, is not the one that's going to blind her, is it? Could she, was it the Black, Black Mist? What does Black Mist do? Kill you? No, no. That's so why I'm at looking at you, Willborn. What does Black Mist do? Make you be sick. I'm looking at you, Wilborn. What does Black Mist do? I correct you! <laughs> yes. I think Green Mist blinds. Yeah, but temporarily. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Red Mist burns. Not, like, set them on fire, but, like, Red Mist hurts. Anyway, there's Mist Law. So, like, she should... Anyway. She should make her so that she can't see properly at WrestleMania, and then how's she going to whip it with her hair? Oh, yeah. I just... We're making good on an absolutely terrible bit of booking. Yeah. 
I forgot about this match until you reminded me about it. WWE haven't even advertised it either. You're welcome. I think um, Alan Cheapshot broke Not down the mist stuff. Because <laughs> remember when, um, was it Paige got green misted? And she's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, just get away from me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and she was like wiping it away with a towel. towel. Yeah. 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 Um, so it hurts. But I will go with like one of the mists that seriously damages Bianca Belair's cornea and uh, puts her sort of hair whipping capabilities in doubt for WrestleMania. Mm. And like you're thinking, well, Asuka, that's a really smart one. I didn't just do that to be- begin with. <laughs> Rather than spooking her out by dribbling it. Or going, there's your belt. Oh, got <laughs> it. Well, why don't you? Uh, it's, it's absolutely lame, isn't it? I've got, uh, like, it's so some, poor. It's something, here you go, Sage. This is something I enjoy that is typically terrible about WWE at least once a year. I always kind of get a bit of a buzz out of the match that dies in the stadium. Like, I don't know what it is, <laughs> right? I, th- I think it was because I'd really gone off Chris Jericho when he had that one with CM Punk. And I'd really gone off Chris Jericho when he had that one with Edge. And I was just appalled that people were chanting, this is awesome, Edge and AJ. But I do quite like one of them dying in the stadium. Right now, I'm feeling, like, I'm feeling like it's this one. I'm I honestly the exact same point. In an article... Work rate in it. Like, in an article that I've written for whatculture.com slash WWE entitled Predicting the Quality of All 13 WrestleMania 39 Matches, where I'm going to tell you what's going to pop and what's not. <laughs> one of them is Bianca Blair versus Asuka because ahead of her two two for two classics, the builds have always been terrible. Yes. Remember, right, and Brian Gewertz on Twitter was like, See, guys, if you... <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Brian Gewirtz. I'm kind of a slow down stacks. <laughs> if Brian Gewirtz on Twitter was like, see, it's been a fantastic story all along, guys, because did you see the reaction that Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch got at WrestleMania? And it's like, ah, because they're two stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a bad thing. Not being funny, right? Bianca Belair and Sasha was one of the worst can they coexist yep. storylines mm-hmm. ever. I understand that Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair went longer. Doesn't mean anything. Can you remember what the big heat angle was for Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch ahead of WrestleMania last year? What was the big heat angle? What was the big thing that really heated up the match in their heads? I've remembered. Can you remember? Or not? No, not, not a clue. Bianca Belair cut off a strand yeah. of Becky Lynch's hair, subsequent to which Bianca Belair got this incredibly cool new wave 80s looking haircut. Remember how yeah, awesome Becky my Lynch hair looks? Awesome. Oh was, yeah. yeah! So like she cut hair and she's like, "How could you?" It's like, "Well, I'm setting you up to have this brand new look that's class." Like yeah, the she... big heat angle is that the baby face gave the heel a rather fetching haircut because Becky Lynch wanted to cut the braid off. Yes, to like neutralize the weapon. She's like, "Don't cut my hair off. I'll cut your hair off." And she just had a nice haircut. <laughs> is this sort of a self fulfilling prophecy? They're like, right, Bianca Belair seems to have bangers at WrestleMania. But the build has to be bad for it to settle. Yes, yeah. that's it, Wilborn, you <laughs> knacker. What I was getting at was the matches were still great and hot in spite of the bad builds. But I think the difference with poor Asuka is that her aura has evaporated where she was once unsettling and genuinely quite a scary presence. Because the aura just no longer exists, everything she used to do, all the little body language ticks and, uh, you know, that kind of... Do you just... Look your tongue out at me. No, I just, I just thought of something I was going to say afterwards. Could have lingers. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what he's doing. He's just look like he's what, little... what match is Cutting Lingers building to? Uh, judgment D. Cutting <laughs> <laughs> Lingers. Um, God, see, basically, what I'm saying is, like... Asuka is. Sh- stop it! <laughs> Asuka is considerably colder than uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha mm, Banks. Yeah. And I think this is. I think the streak's over. Like, I think it's. Uh, 
Someone's going to die. It's always the way something in the stadium is the exact point dies. I made in the intro. Something in those stadiums always dies. You kind of love getting to watch what it is. I don't know why. It's just a weird kink. I've got. It's like, ugh. Nobody cares about this. It's funny. Now, all I was going to say is maybe they shouldn't have had Asuka lose her first ever match at WrestleMania so she'd have some sort of aura about it. Like, she was going in with an undefeated WrestleMania record, yeah. and it's a very different scenario because then you've got someone's always got to go. Like 800 odd days, and they had her sitting on the canvas crying. That sounds good. Really good. Charlotte Flynn really needed that victory. Yep. In opposite land. Um, <laughs> right, let's talk about <laughs> impulsive TV live pamphlet. Yes. I've got the mist. Sorry, I've got the mist. Oh, oh yeah. you've got mist law. I just I got black mist corrupt wrong because even though it does now, because mm. Julia um Hart almost she got corrupted. Took a long time. Took a long time. She left you. <laughs> <laughs> Green, this is called an Alan Cheap shot. Green mist blinds, green red mist burns. You got a red, yep. blue kills. Oh, I didn't know that. So oh. she, how come she's not Bianca Blair? How not as Asuka? Should she just be falling down on the mat? Should she dribble? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's the death. Maybe it's like the Princess Bride situation where you can slowly build up an immunity to your own ah, mist yes. by having a little bit at a time. Yellow paralyzers, black blinds and poisons, sapping strength for a lengthy period of time. So, black mist. There was a bit of that with parking. Yeah, yeah. Explains why that referee was struggling so much in NXT as well. Oh, yes. Black goo. Touch the back of the leg, speed up black goo. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk impulsive TV live. Logan Paul back on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Of course, ahead of his match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. The theme of which has been... Bye-bye, bitch. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. I like the um, I like the Miz in this. Yes. <laughs> I like the Miz as the guy that is, like, basically desperately at this point toadying up to Logan Paul, spotting that he's outliving his usefulness in WWE. Uh, he's, what, he's the host of WrestleMania. He should be above it, but he's not. He's kind of pointless at this point. So I've quite enjoyed how the Miz has been that guy for Logan Paul. Uh, but... Logan Paul left him laying. Seth Rollins probably gets his return shot tonight. I don't think it's any more complicated than that. Again, this is... This That's is, why you love it, you boring bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I would where I would say the criticism is absolutely fair. There needs to be thought and the storytelling and the plotting that there is in some of the bigger stories that you can't just have the angle. Seth and Logan Paul had their thing at the Rumble where Logan Paul eliminated him. Then Seth was like, all right, I'm going to move on. And then Logan attacks him in the chamber. He's like, I can't move on. You're not letting me. I'm going to have to fight you. And then Logan's like, all right then. And then I'll jump you from behind. It's actually developed. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. played out. There's been developments. There's been escalation. I worry that there isn't none now. <laughs> that there's none left. <laughs> there's none left. Like, I'm really, really excited for the match. I want to see what they look like. Like, I want to, like, see what the physical chemistry is going to be. Because I think there's, like, it opens itself up to a world of opportunity in terms of spots. Logan Paul's proven himself for me. Like, he can offer enough in these big daft stadium shows. But I feel like angle-wise, I don't know if they've got any ideas left. I think it's just Seth gets... Is he even on Raw next week? Probably not. So it's like Seth gets the upper hand and it's like, there we go, WrestleMania set, fights the Miz on next week's show. What is Impulsive TV? So it's, Impulsive is his podcast, um, which is often filmed for YouTube and what have you. So they're just doing a live version of this on Monday Night Raw, basically, with his, with his mates that were there in Saudi during the Roman match. They're the lads who often pop up on it. If WWE had, like... You know, just this good attitude 
instead of this terrible attitude where the only thing that exists is itself, they could have Logan Paul read out the very first four entries of um, Tyler Black's cage match listing. Said, so, guys, do you know what the first, just like with his co-hosts, chat, you know what um, Seth Rollins' first four cage match, you know what his first four matches were? Mm. Then he can say, I did my first matches at WrestleMania and then at SummerSlam. And then I headlined Crown Jewel mm-hmm. and then I had a cameo in the Royal Rumble match. Um, he could then say, who are these people and what are these companies? Seth Rollins' cage match. Uh, Hamflet talk for two minutes. Ask, uh, ask him a trivia question or something. I've got I've got some ideas for this, by the way. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, well, maybe yeah. you could do it. So uh, we talked a little bit about Baron Corbin, who's yeah. sneakily it's it's trickling down, isn't it? Yeah, Baron Corbin, who reminded everyone that he's a Golden Gloves blo- boxing champion. Of course, if only there was a brother of Logan's who's also a boxer who could mm-hmm. KO Baron Corbin when he tries to, I don't know, help for Get whatever involved. reason. Tonight. Become like part of that little crew that are on that yeah, podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like that as an idea. Um, or, I was thinking this, just as we were talking then, what was the last, and t- tell me if I'm wrong here, I'm thinking Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. The last piss-based storyline in WWE. <laughs> I think it was Jeff Hardy and okay. Sheamus, yeah. Well, all I'm thinking is, because Miz is such a sucking-up little bitch right now to, to Logan Paul, Yeah. because they're not going to have the Miz drink prime and be like, ugh, that's horrible, mm-hmm. because it's obviously doing pretty well for itself. Yeah. But what if Logan Paul's like, because huh, he's such a knobhead, in storyline, obviously, and, oh, yeah, out of it. Um, but what if he's like, uh, hey, watch this, boys, <laughs> like the, you know, knobhead chads in the, you know, teen comedy, pisses in a prime bottle and says, oh, Miz, try this, it's a new prime flavour. And Miz has to drink it and sell it as delicious. Or, and then as soon as they leave, he goes like, mm-hmm. and then as soon as they leave, he spits it in Baron Corbin's there face. Tick, done. Hey, stuff. Um, could they, it's a podcast, isn't it? Could they say, like, we're so popular that, like, just by being on Raw tonight, we're going to be, like, the number one wrestling podcast and then go and check the charts, and then that's how we get a name check. <laughs> that's as close as we'll ever get to, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's time to play the game! Time to play the game! Ha, ha, ha! To me, <laughs> so I have done my research, and they could have a little laugh at Tyler Black's pathetic career on their indies. So, here's a game some trivia questions for you. Uh, what was the year and month of Tyler Black not working under that name? His very first professional match, as recorded by cagematch.net. Reminded me a great bit of Seth Rollins' part I'll get to after this game. Err. Uh, yeah. Err. Uh, 2004. I was going to say month. November. <sighs> August 2004. Ah, bloody hell. What was his ring name? Uh, I don't know. Colby. CM Lopez. Because he would have been a punk guy. And his real name's Lopez. I think. Colby Jones. All right, Taz. <laughs> Gicks. Excuse you? Gicks. Or Jicks. Jicks. Because it's G-I-X-X. 
Yeah. I've, yeah. I I remember reading I'd that. Gigs. Yeah. Gigs. Gigs. Yeah. It's got a bit of those uh, Jeff and Matt Omega wrestling at home thing, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, it's Gigs. <laughs> Then he comes out in a mask and it's like Gix's evil twin, Gax, or something like that. <laughs> he defeated in his first ever match, according to Cage Match, it might not be, a wrestler called what? Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess an indie name. Um, Max Tits Jerkle. <laughs> <laughs> Where? So is that like Jekyll and Hyde, but... Jerkle and Clive or something. Jerkle and Clive. You, you won't like me when I'm Jerkle, but Clive's all right. Where? Where? Uh, Basically, if you come up with any kind of, like, yeah. UK or American, like, dive is a joke, you're probably closer than you'd think. Like a dodgy motorbike bar in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, you got the place right. Iowa, yeah. Jack's Wheelhouse. <laughs> the Pigsty is the name of a local bar. Don's Pub. That's <laughs> enough. Don's Pub. So, yeah, you were wrestling in Don's Pub what, so I was wrestling in WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You were a tiny little thing happening in bars, Seth, while I was on the biggest stage of them all. Yes. Quite literally a tiny thing happening in bars. Nice little dig at Triple H in there as well. Oh, that means it's not going to happen. Because he doesn't know it. <laughs> um, I worked, uh, it was Gix versus Jerkle and Triple H's big cock arms. <laughs> and then he brings out Jerkle. Jerkle can't believe it. He's got a pain yeah, he's yeah. got it raw. Yeah, I was uh, doing some research for an article that you can read soon on What Culture Wrestling about the stupidest reasons for wrestlers hating each other. And apparently, like in the dying days of WCW, Sting was just telling Insane Clown Boss that they couldn't use black and white face paint. Like, I've, I've got the trademark to that. And this is the man that apparently charges Sting from the police like a dollar a year as, like, a nice gentleman's agreement to be Sting. Yeah. He's the nicest guy, Steve Borden, all that sort of thing. Apparently not to the insane clown. But things were tense, weren't they? Yeah. At WCW. And this was a story told by Shaggy 2 Dope. And he's, like, uh, like he's basically... I didn't know that one dollar at the Sting. Yeah, that's apparently the case. It's a, You can see it on a few sites, like, enough to corroborate it that they've got a bit of an agreement. Content in there. Sweet. Yeah, might be, might not. But anyway, no so he's saying, like, uh, it's Shaggy 2 Dope, I think he's saying... Like, it's from, like, 2020, or to early 2021. Doesn't know about AEW or Sting being there or whatever. He's like, so where's this Sting now? Like, he got his back broken by Roman Reigns, homie. What's his name? Steve Rogan? Seth Rogan? That guy wrestled him to death. <laughs> it's just like this... Stream of consciousness <laughs> nonsense. Steve Rogan? Steve Rogan's a great name. Uh, or, I've just had a thought, because Seth likes to wear his outlandish outfits... Logan Paul tries to drench him in Prime, but it backfires. Prime yes. from the ceiling? Have you already pitched this one about three podcasts ago? Probably. Yeah, Pri- yeah. Oh, he sets in like a white fur coat or something. Prime, <laughs> Prime from the ceiling is pretty good. Uh, uh, oh, it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Sage, I thought yeah, I'd say something for you here. Uh, it's not been advertised, but it was you know meant to go down last week until someone was, sure uh, was. not cosmetically cleared to compete because... Maximum male models are meant to be in action tonight against Gallows and Anderson, as they were last week. But more importantly than all that, what's next for Otis? That was great last week. Is he getting pulled more into Maxine Dupree's web of corruption? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's precisely what's going to happen. Yes! Clearly sexually attracted to the uh, bombshell blonde. Yeah. And... uh, 
she's using him because he could be the muscle of maximum of the, the model trio. <laughs> because I want to do alliteration. Oh, yeah. Because it's the work of uh, bad people who... <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how to fantasy book this thing anymore. They've already done the best thing. Mm-hmm. The reveal of you could hear it before you could see it. So you had this idea of, oh my God, is Otis going to be modeling? And then when he saw it, it was even more preposterous and silly and funny than you could actually think in your mind's eye. So that was a really neat bit of um, physical comedy and comedy timing. What could he do tonight? Well, I'm thinking, could one of the Maximum Wild Ones still not be cosmetically here to compete? And then be like, it's oh, why didn't you step the, the up? debut debutante? It's they're fighting the Good Brothers. So could we abandon this match forever? Because not just because I don't want to watch it, but you know how there's this um, barely going to exist. Yeah, this exhibition tag thing. I know that we've got the rumored teams that are out there already. But could next week on Raw we have Maximum Male Models taking on Alpha Academy? Oh. But Gable goes out there alone, and he's waiting to see if. What's the guy's now? Oh, this comes out either on his side or to join the maximum models, and we get the reveal, and oh, then that's wow. the last team that qualifies for the showcase four. Better than the Viking Raiders qualifying. Christ Almighty! Who wants to watch them anymore? Uh, right, <laughs> let's know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why should they can follow all three of us? You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE and make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, myself and Hamflet already today have reviewed SmackDown and myself and Sidge reviewed Rampage, and if you subscribe, our review of Monday Night Raw, complete with a five-star review review, which you can still suggest on Apple Podcasts, or if you want to go on Spotify, leave us a five-star review, screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, adam.willborn at whatculture.com. But yes, if you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, our Raw review will drop into your feed tomorrow as soon as it is released. But for now, it's been the Raw Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.